Scene 7 to 12 of Faust. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Faust, Part 1, by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. Translated by Bayard Taylor. Scene 7. Street. Faust. Margaret passing by. Fair lady, let it not offend you that arm and escort I would lend you. I'm neither lady, neither fair, and home I can go without your care. She releases herself and exit. By heaven, the girl is wondrous fair, of all I've seen beyond compare, so sweetly virtuous and pure, and yet a little pert, be sure. The lips so red, the cheeks clear dawn, I'll not forget while the world rolls on. How she cast down her timid eyes, deep in my heart imprinted lies. How short and sharp of speech was she, why, twas a real ecstasy. Mephistopheles enters. Here, of that girl I'd have possession. Which dem? The one who just went by. She there. She is coming from confession of every sin absolved, for I, behind her chair, was listening nigh. So innocent is she indeed, that to confess she had no need. I have no power over souls so green. And yet she's older than fourteen. How now? You are talking like Jack Rake, who every flower for himself would take and fancies there are no favours more, nor honours save for him in store. Yet always doesn't the thing succeed. Most worthy pedagogue, take heed. Let not a word of moral law be spoken. I claim, I tell thee, all my right, and if that image of delight rests not within mine arms to-night, at midnight our compact is broken. But think the chances of the case. I need at least a fortnight's space to find an opportune occasion. Had I but seven hours for all, I should not on the devil call, but win her by my own possession. You almost like a Frenchman, prepped. Yet pray, don't take it as annoyance. Why all at once exhaust the joyance? Your bliss is by no means so great as if you'd use to get control all sorts of tender rigmarole, and need and shape hard to your thought, as in Italian tales it is taught. Without that I have appetite. But now, leave jesting out of sight, I tell you once for all, that speed with this fair girl will not succeed. By storms it cannot captured be, we must make use of strategy. Get me something the angel keeps. Lead me thither where she sleeps. Get me a kerchief from her breast, a garter that her knee has pressed. That you may see how much I'd fain, father, and satisfy your pain. We will no longer lose a minute. I'll find her room to-day and take you in it. And shall I see, possess her? No, unto a neighbor she must go. And meanwhile thou alone mayst glow, With every hope of future pleasure, Breeding her atmosphere in fullest misery. Can we go thither? 
it is too early yet. A gift for her I bid thee get. Exit. Presents at once. That's good. He is certain to get at her. Full many a pleasant place I know, and treasures buried long ago. I must perforce look up the matter. Exit. Scene 8. Evening. A small, neatly kept chamber. Margaret, plaiting and binding up the braids of her hair. I'd give something, could I but say, who was that gentleman to-day? Surely a gallant man was he, and of a noble family, and much could I in his face behold, and he wouldn't else have been so bold. Exit. Come in, but gently, follow me. Leave me alone, I beg of thee. Prying about. Not every girl gives things so neat. Looking around. Oh, welcome, twilight soft and sweet, That breathes throughout this hallowed shrine. Sweet pain of love, bind thou with fetters fleet The heart that on the dew of hope must pine. How all around a sense impresses Of quiet order and content. This poverty, what bounty blesses! What bliss within this narrow den is pent! He throws himself into a leathern armchair near the bed. Receive me, thou, that in thine open arms Departed joy and pain wert wont to gather. How oft the children with their ruddy charms Hung here, around this throne where sat the father. Perchance my love, amid the childish band, Grateful for gifts the holy Christmas gave her, here meekly kissed the grandsire's withered hand. I feel, O oh maid, thy very soul, Of order and content around me whisper, Which leads thee with its motherly control, The cloth upon thy board bids smoothly thee unroll, The sand beneath thy feet makes whiter, crisper. O oh dearest hand, to thee tis given To change this hut into a lower heaven, And here... He lifts one of the bed-curtains. What sweetest thrill is in my blood! Here could I spend whole hours delaying, Here nature shaped as if in sportive playing The angel-blossom from the bud. Here lay the child, with life's warm essence, The tender bosom filled and fair, And here was wrought through holier, purer presence The form diviner beings wear. And I... What drew me here with power? How deeply am I moved this hour? What seek I? Why so full my heart and sore? Miserable Faust, I know thee now no more. Is there a magic vapour here? I came with lust of instant pleasure, And lie dissolved in dreams of love's sweet leisure. Are we the sport of every changeful atmosphere? And if this moment came she in to me, How would I for the fault atonement render? How small the giant lout would be, Prone at her feet, relaxed and tender. Be quick, I see her there returning. Go, go, I never will retreat. Here is a cascade not unmeet, Which elsewhere I have just been awning. Here, set it in the press, with haste, 
I swear, it will turn her head to spite. Some bubbles I therein had placed, that you might win another by it. True, child is child, and play is play. I know not. Should I do it? Ask you, pray. Yourself perhaps would keep the bubble. Then I suggest it were fair and just to spare the lovely day your last, and spare to me the further trouble. You are not miserly, I trust. I rub my hands with expectation tender. He places the casket in the press and locks it again. Now quick away. The sweet young maiden to betray, so that by wish and will you bend her. And you look as though to the lecture hall you were forced to go, as if stood before you grey and load, physics and metaphysics both. But away. Exeunt. Margaret with a lamp. It is so close, so sultry here. She opens the window. And yet tis not so warm outside. I feel, I know not why, such fear. Would mother came. Where can she bide? My body's chill and shuddering. I'm but a silly, fearsome thing. She begins to sing while undressing. There was a king in Thule, Was faithful till the grave, To whom his mistress dying, a golden goblet gave. Nought was to him more precious, He drained it at every bout. His eyes with tears ran over, As oft as he drank thereout. When came his time of dying, The towns in his land he told, Nought else to his air denying, Except the goblet of gold. He sat at the royal banquet, With his knights of high degree, In the lofty hall of his fathers, In the castle by the sea. There stood the old carouser, and drank the last life glow, And hurled the hallowed goblet Into the tide below. He saw it plunging and filling, And sinking deep in the sea, Then fell his eyelids forever, And never more drank he. She opens the press in order to arrange her clothes, and perceives the casket of jewels. How comes that lovely casket here to me? I locked the press, most certainly. Tis truly wonderful. What can within it be? Perhaps t'was bought by someone as a pawn, and mother gave a loan thereon. And here there hangs a key to fit. I have a mind to open it. What is that? God in heaven! Whence came such things? Never beheld I aught so fair. Rich ornaments, such as a noble dame on highest holidays might wear. How would the pearl chain suit my hair? Ah, who may all this splendour own? She adorns herself with the jewellery and steps before the mirror. Were but the earrings mine, alone. One has at once another air. What helps one's beauty? Youthful blood. 
one may possess them, well and good, but none the more do others care. They praise us half in pity, sure. To gold still tends, on gold depends all. All! Alas, we poor! Scene 9. Promenade. Faust, walking thoughtfully up and down. To him, Mephistopheles. By all love ever rejected, by hellfire hot and unsparing, I wish I knew something worse that I might use it for swearing. What ails thee? What is it grips thee, elf? A face like thine beheld I never. I would myself unto the devil deliver, if I are not a devil myself. Thy head is out of order, sadly. It much becomes thee to be raving madly. Just think, the pocket of a priest should get the trinklets left for Margaret. The mother saw them, and instead a secret dread began to haunt her. Keen sand has sea for tainted air. She snuffs within her book of prayer, and smells each article to see if sacred or profane it be. So here she guessed from every gem that not much blessing came with them. My child, she said, ill-gotten good and snares the soul, consumes the blood. Before the mother of God we will lay it, with heavenly manner she will repay it. But Margaret thought with sore amaze, a gift ours is not out of place, and truly godless cannot be the one who brought such things to me. A person came by the mother bidden, he saw at once where the game was hidden, and viewed it with a favour still day. He spake, that is the proper view, who overcometh win it do. The holy chair says a stomach healthy, had eaten many a land as for feet, and never yet complained of so feet. The chairs alone, beyond all question, has for ill-gotten goods the right digestion. A general practice is the same which Jew and king may also claim. Then beg the spangles, chains, and rings, as if but toadstools were the things, and thanked no less and thanked no more than if a sack of nuts he bore, promised them fullest heavenly pay, and deeply edified were they. And Margaret? Sits unrestful still, and knows not what she should or will thinks on the jewels day and night, but more on him who gave her such delight. The darling sorrow gives me pain. Get thou a set for her again. The first was not a great display. Oh, yes, the gentleman finds it all child's play. Fix and arrange it to my will, and on her neighbour try thy skill. Don't be a devil stiff as paste, but get fresh jewels to her taste. Yes, gracious sir, in all obedience. Exit Faust. Such an enamoured fool in air would blow, Sun, moon, and all the starry legions, To give his sweetheart a diverting show. Exit. Scene 10. The Neighbour's House. Martha, Solus. God forgive my husband, Yet he hasn't done his duty by me, off in the world he went straightway, left me lie in the straw where I lay, and truly I did not fret him. God knows I loved and can't forget him. <laughs> she weeps. Perhaps he's even dead. Ah, oh, woe! 
Had I a certificate to show? Margaret comes. Dame Martha. Margaret, what's happened thee? I scarce can stand, my knees are trembling. I find a box, the first resembling within my press, of ebony and things, all splendid to behold, and richer far than were the old. You mustn't tell it to your mother. T'would go to the priest, as did the other. Ah, uh, look and see, just look and see. Martha adorning her. Oh, what a blessed luck for thee! But ah, uh, in the streets I dare not bear them, nor in the church be seen to wear them. Yet thou canst often this way wander, and secretly the jewels don. Walk up and down an hour before the mirror yonder. We'll have our private joy therein, and then a chance will come, a holiday, when piece by piece can one the things abroad display. A chain at first, then other ornament. Thy mother will not see, and stories will invent. Whoever could have bought me things so precious, that something's wrong, I feel suspicious. A knock. Good heaven, my mother can that have been? Martha peeping through the blind. Tis some strange gentleman. Come in. Mephistopheles enters. That I so boldly introduce me. I beg you, ladies, to excuse me. Steps back reverently on seeing Margaret. For Martha Swetlin, I'll inquire. I'm she. What does the gentleman desire? Mephistopheles aside to her. It is enough that you are she. You have a visitor of high degree. Pardon the freedom I have taken. Will afternoon return again? Martha aloud. Of all things in the world, just here, he takes thee for a lady, dear. I am a creature young and poor. The gentleman's too kind, I'm sure. The jewels don't belong to me. Ah, not alone the jewellery. The look, the manner, both betray. Rejoice am I that I may stay. What is your business, I would fain? I would I had a more cheerful strain. Take not unkindly its repeating. Your husband is dead, and sends a greeting. Is dead? Alas, that heart so true! My husband dead! Let me die too! Ah, dearest dame, let not your courage fail. Hear me relate the mournful tale. Therefore I'd never love, believe me. A loss like this to death would grieve me. Joy follows woo, woo after joy comes flying. Relate his life sad close to me. In Padua buried he is lying, beside the good Saint Anthony, within a grave well consecrated, for cool eternal rest created. He gave you further no commission? Yes, one of weight, with many shies, three hundred masses by, to save him from perdition. My hands are empty otherwise. What? Not a pocket piece? No jewellery? What every journeyman within his wallet spares, and as a token with him bears, and rather starves or begs than loses? Madam, it is a grief to me, yet on my word, his cash was put to proper uses. Besides, his penitence was very sore, and lamented his ill fortune all the more. Alack, that men are so unfortunate! Surely for his soul's sake full many a prayer I'll proffer. You will deserve a speedy marriage offer. You are so kind, compassionate. Oh no, as yet it would not do. If not a husband, then a beau for you. It is the greatest heavenly blessing 
to have a dear thing for one's caressing the country's custom is not so custom or not it happens though continue pray i stood beside his bed of dying it was something better than manure half rotten straw and yet he died a christian sure and found that heavier scores to his account were lying he cried i find my conduct wholly hateful to leave my wife my tread in manner so ungrateful oh the remembrance makes me die would of my wrong to her i might be shriven martha weeping the dear good man long since was he forgiven yet see god knows was more to blame than i he lied what on the brink of death he slandered in the last throes his senses went if by such things but half can judge he said i had no time for play for keeping freedom first children and then walk for bread to feed them for bread in the widest sense to drudge and could not even eat my share in peace and quiet had he all love all faith forgotten in his riot my work and worry day and night not so the memory of it touched him quite said he when i from malta went away my prayers for wife and little ones were jealous and such luck from heaven befell us we made a turkish merchantman our prey that to the sultan bore a mighty treasure then i received as was most fit since bravery was paid in fullest measure my well-apportioned share of it say how say where if buried did he own it who knows now whether the four winds have blown it a fair young damsel took him in her care as he in naples wandered round unfriended and see much love much fate to him did bear so that he felt it till his days were ended the villain from his children thieving even all the misery on him cast could not prevent his shameful way of living but see he is dead therefrom at last were i in your place do not doubt me i would mourn him decently a year and for another keep meanwhile my eyes about me oh god another one so dear as was my first this world will hardly give me there never was a sweeter fool than mine only he loved to roam and leave me and foreign wenches and foreign wine and the damned throw of dice indeed well well that might have done however if he had only been as clever and treated your slips with as little heed i swear with this condition too i would myself change rings with you the gentleman is pleased to jest i will cut away betimes from here she'll take the devil at his word i fear to margaret how fares the heart within your breast what means the gentleman aside sweet innocent thou art aloud ladies farewell farewell a moment ere we part i'd like to have a legal witness where how and when he died to certify his fitness irregular ways i've always hated 
I want his death in the weekly paper stated. Yes, my good dame. A pair of witnesses, always the truth establishes. I have a friend of high condition who will also add his deposition. I will bring him here. Good, sir. Pray do. And this young lady will be present too. A gallant youth has travelled far. Ladies with him delighted are. Before him I should blush ashamed. Before no king that could be named. Behind the house, in my garden then, this eve will expect the gentleman. Scene 11. A street. Faust. How is it? Under way? And soon complete? Mephistopheles. Ah, bravo. Do I find you burning? Well, Margaret soon will steal your yearning. At neighbor Martha's you will this evening meet. A fitter woman neighbor was made to ply the pimp and gypsy trade. Tis well. Yet something is required from us. One service pays the other thus. We have but to make a deposition valid that now her husband's limbs outstretched and pallid at Padua rest in consecrated soil. Most wise, and first, of course, we'll make the journey thither. Sancta Simplicitas, no need of such a toil. Depose with knowledge or without it either. If you've not better, then I'll tear your pretty plan. Now, there you are, O holy man. Is it the first time in your life you are driven to bear false witness in a case? Of God, the world, and all that in it has a place. Of man, and all that moves the being of his race. Have you not terms and definitions given, with brazen forehead, daring breast? And if you will probe the thing profoundly, knew you so much, and you will confess it roundly, as here of Swartlin's death and place of rest. Thou art, and thou remainst, a sophist liar. Yes, knew I not more deeply thy desire. For wilt thou not no lover fairer, poor Margaret flatter, and ensnare her, and all thy soul's devotion swear her? And from my heart, it is very fine, thine endless love, thy fate assuring, to one almighty force enduring. Will that too prompt this heart of thine? Hold, hold, it will. If such my flame, and for the sense and power intense I seek and cannot find a name, then range with all my senses through creation, craving the speech of inspiration, and call this ardor so supernal, endless, eternal, and eternal. Is that a devilish lying game? And yet I am right. Mark this, I beg of thee, and spare my lungs henceforth. Whoever intends to have the right, if but his tongue be clever, will have it certainly. But come, the further talking brings disgust, for thou art right, especially since I must. Scene 12. Garden. Margaret on Faust's arm. Martyr and Mephistopheles walking up and down. 
I feel the gentleman allows for me, demeans himself and shames me by it. A traveller is so used to be kindly content with any diet. I know too well that my poor gossip can never entertain such an experienced man. A look from thee, a word more entertains than all the lore of wisest brains. He kisses her hand. Don't incommode yourself. How could you ever kiss it? It is so ugly, rough to see. What work I do, how hard and steady is it? Mother is much too close with me. They pass. And you, sir, travel always, do you not? Alas, that trade and duty are so hairy. With what a pang one leaves so many as part, and dares not even now and then to tarry. In young, wild years it suits your ways, this round and round the world in freedom sweeping, but then come on the evil days, and so as bachelor into his grave a-creeping, none ever found a thing to praise. I dread to see how such a fate advances. Then, worthy sir, improve betimes your chances. They pass. Yes. Out of sight is out of mind, your courtesy and easy grace is. But you have friends in other places, and sensibler than I you'll find. Trust me, dear heart, what men call sensible is oft mere vanity and narrowness. How so? Ah, that simplicity and innocence ne'er know themselves, their holy value and their spell that meekness lowliness the highest graces which nature portions out so lovingly so you but think a moment's space on me all times i'll have to think of you all places no doubt you're much alone yes for our household small has grown yet must be cared for you will own we have no maid i do the knitting sewing sweeping the cooking early work and late in fact and mother, in her notions of housekeeping, is so exact. Not that she needs so much to keep expenses down. We, more than others, might take comfort rather. A nice estate was left us by my father. A house, a little garden near the town. But now my days have less of noise and hurry. My brother is a soldier. My little sister's dead. True, with the child a troubled life I led. Yet I would take again, and willing, all the worry. So very dear was she an angel if like thee i bought it up and it was fond of me father had died before it saw the light a mother's case seemed hopeless quite so weak and miserable she lay and she recovered then so slowly day by day she could not think herself of giving the poor wee thing its natural living and so i nursed it all alone with milk and water twas my own lulled in my lap with many a song it smiled and humbled and grew strong. The purest bliss was surely then thy dower. But surely also many a weary hour. I kept the baby's cradle near my bed at night. If it even stirred, I'd guess it. And waking here, and I must nurse it warm beside me, press it. And oft, to quiet it, my bed forsake. And dandling back and forth the restless creature take. Then at the wash-tub stand at morning's break. And then the marketing and kitchen tending. Day after day, the same thing, never ending. One spirit, sir, are thus not always good, but then one learns to relish rest and food. They pass. 
Yes, the poor women are bad off, tis true. A stubborn bachelor there's no converting. It but depends upon the like of you. And I should turn to better ways than flirting. Speak plainly, sir. Have you no one detected? Has not your heart been anywhere subjected? The proverb says, one's own warm heart and a good wife are gold and jewels worth. I mean, have you not felt desire, though ne'er so slightly? I have everywhere, in fact, been entertained politely. I meant to say, were you not touched in earnest ever? One should allow oneself to jest with ladies never. Ah, you don't understand. I am sorry I am so blind, but I am sure that you are very kind. They pass. And me, thou angel, didst thou recognize, as through the garden gate I came? Did you not see it? I cast down my eyes. And thou forgivest my freedom, and the blame to my impertinence befitting, as the cathedral thou wert quitting? I was confused. The like now happened to me. No one could ever speak to my discredit. Ah, thought I, in my conduct has he read it. Something immodest or unseemly free. He seemed to have the sudden feeling that with this wench twere very easy dealing. I will confess I knew not what appeal on your behalf here in my bosom grew. But I was angry with myself to feel that I could not be angrier with you. Sweet darling. Wait a while. She plucks a star-flower and pulls off the leaves one after the other. Shall that a nosegay be? No, it is just in play. How? Go, you'll laugh at me. She pulls off the leaves and murmurs. What murmurest thou? Half aloud. He loves me, he loves me not. Thou sweet angelic soul. Margaret continues. Loves me, not loves me not plucking the last leaf she cries with frank delight he loves me yes child and let this blossom word for thee be speech divine he loves thee ah knowest thou what it means he loves thee he grasps both her hands i'm all a tremble oh tremble not but let this look let this warm clasp of hands declare thee what is unspeakable to yield one, wholly, and to feel a rapture in yielding, that must be eternal, eternal, for the end would be despair. No, no, no ending, no ending. Marta coming forward. The night is falling. Aye, we must away. I'd ask you longer here to tarry, but evil tongues in this town have full play, it's as if nobody had nothing to fetch and carry, nor other labour, but spying all the doings of one's neighbour, and one becomes the talk, do whatsoever one may. Where is our couple now? Flown up the alley yonder, joyful summer birds. He seems of her still fonder. And she of him. So runs the world away. End of scene twelve. End of section.